is Shell Sorrow and this is Fire and Soul, a community where awakening leaders and truth seekers gather to unite in sovereignty in today's triggered world. Featuring courageous and compassionate conversations, Fire and Soul will help you reclaim sovereignty in life, love, and leadership. Let's listen, learn, and stand together as models for our new world, starting now. Welcome back, beautiful family. I'm so excited that you've taken the time to tune in because I have a really special guest for us today. And the first time that I've, I've brought a male guest on in quite a while. Chess Edwards is a phenomenal soul and I'm gonna share a little bit more about him in a moment, but what feels really aligned about bringing him on at this point in our journey as we evolve as a community worldwide and we just grow and grow and grow, which is so exciting. Um, you know, the listenership of Fire and Soul is probably 90 to 95% women and or those who identify in the feminine energy. And what I love about Chess is that he's a very masculine, present, grounded male. And so that's a beautiful opportunity for us to balance the two, right? Because we need our divine masculine to help get the stuff done and to exist in the 3D reality uh, as, you know, regular humans. But then this opening, this portal into the divine feminine that is a lot of what we talk about today, it's, it's going within to open your heart and free your mind. And I, I titled it that because Chess and I talk quite a bit about Ram Das. He's been a very special teacher to me, especially these past many months and a very poignant teacher for Chess as well. So this is gonna be a beautiful gift for you. But before we dive in fully, I wanna let you know uh, about a couple sponsors for this particular episode. First is Warby Parker. I am currently obsessed with my brand new frames. I use the frame called Priscilla. I've got it in a really cool, sexy caramel color in their prescription. And then I got the same style in black, also prescription, very affordable. And if you're like me and you're not always sure which sunglasses are gonna look best on you, what I love about this offer from Warby Parker is that you can try on five pairs at home for free. So all you have to do is head on over to warbyparker.com slash fire and soul. Check it out. They've got not only sunglasses, but contact lenses and eyeglasses and so much more. <laughs> so that's available for you. And then what I'm really obsessed with, especially for summer, is Palermo Body. These are all natural, completely good for you body products. And the two that I am currently using on a daily is their Repairing Body Oil in Bergamot Lavender. And it's just incredible, as well as the Detox Body Scrub. And this is their tea tree and grapefruit flavors. I mean, it is literally like going to a five-star spa. Feels so good. And when you read the ingredient deck, you're like, oh my gosh, I could literally eat everything that's in this product, which I think is very in alignment with where we are headed you know not only as listeners to the show but just getting more and more conscious to what we're putting on our body in our body and how we want to treat these beautiful sacred vessels known as our bodies so 
because you're a listener to Fire and Soul, you get 15% off your first order. And I stand by these products. I use these products and I know you're going to love these products and you're going to be blown away by all of the different things that they have uh, for you. You can head on over to palermobody.com forward slash fire and soul for 15% off your first order. Now let's dive into today's conversation with Chess Edwards. He's a Sedona-based meditation and self-realization guide who teaches the foundations of conscious, peaceful, and awakened living. He is a true adventurer and life fulfillment guide. He spent his life in devotion to exploring and awakening the full potential of the human spirit as an adventure travel guide, storyteller, executive coach, corporate trainer, meditation teacher and self-realization guide. He also uh, conducts and facilitates psychedelic uh, experiences and so much more. And I connected with him on social media. You know, that's the beautiful thing about as we are awakening and evolving on our journey, you kind of go down these really cool rabbit holes. And one day I came across someone named Chess Edwards and I just started looking at his content and my soul just felt so at peace. And so at home and and it just felt like yes there was a resonance there and then before I knew it you know I was we were friends on Facebook and then I had commented on something of his and vice versa and then he he said something that's become a bit of a, a mantra for me and we dive into that uh, very early into this conversation so I don't want to steal too much of the thunder but the conversation is a beautiful dance between I think divine feminine, divine masculine coming together and really seeing and understanding and embracing each other's energies. And it's such a beautiful embodiment of what's possible for us as humans, you know, and creating community and creating tribe, even if you never meet in real life, like I haven't uh, met Chess, but I know you're going to enjoy this conversation and I've left all of the resources for you to connect with him should you feel called at the um, in the show notes that Greta, my podcast editor, will leave for you. So without further ado, please enjoy this really lovely conversation with Chess Edwards. Open your heart and free your mind. Chess, welcome to Fire and Soul. I am so excited to finally have you here. It's been a minute and uh, and I know that I am so excited and I know my community is ready for embracing our wholeness I just want to give you a big warm welcome to Fire and Soul. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for all the all the work that you do and, and all the heart that you pour into this uh, to invite so many others to open their hearts. Oh, thank you for that. I, I appreciate that reflection. And it actually reminds me of, I don't know exactly how we connected on Facebook, but this is why I'm, I'm always so grateful for social media. Um, it's actually been very good to me and I'm good to it. And so it's a beautiful relationship. But one day I came across Chess Edwards on Facebook. And then I was like, just reading all of your posts and your beautiful imagery out of Sedona. I'm like, oh man, like there was such a beautiful uh, resonance. And then next thing I know, we're friends, and then you're commenting, and then you said something one day, just speaking about opening hearts and connecting in that space. Um, I shared something about we heal by flow, not by force. And then you made a comment. Do you remember what your comment was by any chance? I think it was something like all, 
all the, the 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 ultimate healing is love. That is something around that. That the that everything that wants to be healed really just wants to be loved, and that is the. Oh. the and when you said that, like my heart just opened and expanded, and there might have been a couple of tears, and I was just like, that is just the truth. You know, everything that wants to be healed needs to be loved. And I just, I just wanted to thank you for that because that was the beginning of then you and I establishing more of a connection and exploring that, you know, with a lot of audio notes and sharing music and a lot of Ram Dass and, and now we're here. And so embracing our wholeness, you know, before I hit record chess, you told me what was really alive and juicy for you this morning as you were meditating in the Sedona mountains. Let's start there and just see where we flow. Okay, beautiful, fantastic. <laughs> I, yeah, I, what's what's really just got me these days? What's what's revealing itself to me these days more and more with such spaciousness is the grace. This is word grace, and I think that's what we're all really looking for: is can we move in our inner world? Can we move in the outer world with more grace? more unity, more connection, more um, allowing. That's my favorite word these days is allowing mm -hmm. um, to allow what is. We still set boundaries and we still make changes, but not to be in this in this battle, not to be in a war. Um, mm -hmm. And that's with ourselves as well. It's got to start there, right? Yeah. And what, I, what I'm just loving and, and it's such a delicious thing journey these days is the beautiful blend of the, our wholeness, which is to know our full dimensionality, to know all the different dynamics of our being and, and work with them and, and play with them and open them up. And what I mean by that is that they, we've got the self-awareness, which is how did my person, this person, which is largely an egoic, self, mm -hmm. my story, how did that get shaped? How did it get manipulated? Mm -hmm. how, did it, how did it come into being? What's my programming? What's my conditioning? What's my wounding? What was mm -hmm. give, handed to me or laid upon me that isn't mine that I'm willing, I want to put down? So that's the personal awareness. And, and a lot of people are doing that work, you know, beautifully, courageously, willing to look at their stuff. <laughs> and then this other part of which is then the self-realization which is and who am i beyond this personal experience this personal temporary vehicle who am i really so the divine the the what i call the god soul dance you know the 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 consciousness and moving through soul self who's that and how can that be embodied in this human experience so that's what I mean by the wholeness. Embracing our wholeness is mm. to find that love that we actually are. Come into a rested grace. Mm. That and from there, do everything. Do everything from there. Do our own work from there. Walk in the world from there. Encounter change and darkness and difficulty and, and challenges from there. Mm. And we rest in that love and say, that's, I, I want to stay there. I want to be anchored there. And I want that to inform 
every way that I am engaging in this world of, of form. I love that so much, Jess. And what I got present to as you were sharing, but I'd love to know if, if there's anything that you could also add that would reveal that in action, which is a beingness. But what I got present to was that state of loving awareness of the truth of who I am, the soul in a human experience can be experienced in the present moment and only in the present moment. Mm -hmm. If I go back to yesterday, an hour ago, or try to predict what may happen in a month from now, I'm out of that state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. This is what I have been working on. Is mm -hmm. that what you meant by that? And, and if, or if not, please expand on that. Well, I think what you're, what it sounds like you're pointing to is the beautiful stillness. Mm -hmm. um, Gangaji, a wonderful teacher, she says an active mind is a mind that is either seeking because it feels it has lack or it is retreating because it feels fragile and needs to retreat from something it feels can damage it. So we forget our imperishable truth. So you're either seeking or you're retreating or you're clinging. You know, oh, I've got it all just the way I want it. Now I've got to try to, I got to make it all stabilize. And if the world would just stay the way I want it and the way I've got it in this moment, <laughs> then I can stay in peace. Of course, that's suffering because it doesn't, it doesn't. So I hear you speaking to a, a stillness and a presence in a moment. Mm. And that's what I would imagine you've had this experience too. Did, Michelle, do you find that when you are in incredible beauty in the world, like out in nature, uh, that you stop thinking about the past and the future? 100%. It is like my healing medicine every single time. So when we, this is what I learned from a teacher named Rupert Spira, beautiful teacher. We think it's the beauty of the moment that is bringing the happiness. Mm. Let's play with this. What if the beauty of the moment is stopping our mind from being, being in the present or in the past or the future? Because we want to be present to this beauty. Mm -hmm. In the stopping of our mind, our natural aliveness and joy can rise up and be present. Mm -hmm. If it's not being distracted with the noise of our, our controlling and manipulating of our, of our past and our future. Mm -hmm. so the, mm -hmm. the, the joy isn't just because, isn't because the thing that we're noticing is beautiful. It's that the beauty is causing us to stop and it's the stillness that is allowing the natural beauty to arise from within us. Mm. So then is it fair to say that the beauty, let's say of mother nature, yeah. is a reflection that's reminding us to stop? It's, 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 make, it's just kind of like making us stop. It's saying, yeah. why would you want to be thinking about a problem in the future or a thing you just did in the past? You'd be missing out on this beauty. And naturally we stop because we want to be present to the beauty. And in the stopping, that's where our joy is. It's, it's, because mm. it, our joy is what we are, right? It's always yeah. there. So what's interrupting it? The dopey mind that is constantly you know, not being in the present. Yeah. Yeah. Or, what I love about that is I, I, I'm always thinking about what I call soul snags. It's not <laughs> conscious mind, right? Yes, thank you for getting that. It's like, 
you know, and, and even in my plant medicine experiences, anytime I have like this profound and it could be very nuanced, super subtle, but you know, it's like where you, you catch the real reality. And that can also be, you know, with a butterfly in flight right before your eyes or, you know, smelling the scent of a gardenia or it's a soul snag. And it's like, it's, it's a remembrance of coming home. And this yeah. is by the way, a beautiful merge of having that self-awareness and what did you self call it? The self-awareness self is our personality and self-realization. Self yeah. Yes. Yes. I love that. It's so true. And so how do we, con how do we learn to condition our self-awareness to be more present to the self-realization aspect that's the truth of who we are, especially living in the world that we're living in right now that we're just so bombarded by so much fear and programming more than ever, it seems, but maybe it's just always been the case. Well, it, I think it, it's, it is more. And just real briefly on that, I, when I, I, I like to take things either into the macro or into the micro to see if a, a truth holds and mm -hmm. to, to, do an, to make an analogy. What it, what it feels like to me is happening in the world today is akin to our own personal journey. Yes. When my ego self is not threatened. It's not threatened if I'm not doing my work on who am I really wait a minute, hold on ego. Are you really me? What's what, what are you doing? You know, mm -hmm. what parts of you are illusion? You know, if I start to challenge my ego, it's going to act up. That's when it gets loud. That's when it says, Whoa, Whoa, hold on. You're not getting rid of me. And it maybe gets louder and it starts getting more vociferous, right? Yeah. Yeah. Challenging it. It's not bothering me. It's just letting me go about, I think in this great awakening, that the dark, the, the shadow is getting greatly triggered. And so it is more predominant. It's fighting back. It's like, it's coming on strong. It's coming on heavy because it feels threatened by truth. Mm, totally that get that. Sense. Yeah. It makes sense. And I agree with that. And what I love is that you, you, it did pass the test of, could I see that on the macro and in the micro? Right. You know, it so, us. yeah, exactly. And what's so cool is that if we don't give our power away and our power is attention, focus, mm -hmm. right, to what we don't want and to all the panic headlines, and we're doing our own work and we're living in this beautiful stillness, none of that even comes into our field of awareness. Or when it does, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to give it any power, any attention. I'm going to come back to this moment and just, and just be with the truth of who I actually am. That's beautiful. And being with that truth of who you actually are, you can then see it for what it is. Yes. That's illusion. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right. So I don't have to buy into it. So you asked the, the question then how, you know, how do we really bring the more of this, blend of the personal awareness, self-awareness and self-realization. Couple of things, faith. Um, but actually before that, even patience. <laughs> yeah. So key, this takes a while. It really does. We're waking up when you wake up from a deep, 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 deep dream. Somebody wakes you up for a moment. You might wake up and, and be wide awake for a second. But if you're coming out of a deep sleep, you're going to be groggy. Yeah, slip okay. back in the dream. You're going to slip back. Oh, wait, wait, what's going on? What's... So 
patience, uh, study mm. is, is for me is critical to keep going back to my teachers, to keep listening, to keep hearing it again and again and again, hearing a beautiful teaching and then going and sitting in stillness and marinating on that and applying it and feeling into it and deepening into it. So the study, uh, the practice, the community, um, mm -hmm. paying attention to, to our nourishment, mm -hmm. you know, what are we consuming that is no law that isn't nourishing? That's like empty carbs, like em empty calories. You know, what are we nourishing that feels kind of fun in the moment, but really is empty calories and isn't really nourishing our soul. Mm, sometimes it nourishes my soul though, Chess. Sometimes it does. <laughs> I No, I totally, absolutely. Absolutely. Give me, a good, give, me a good, give me a good like Reese's, you know, peanut butter cup every once in a while and it's going to nourish my soul. Hundred thousand percent. I love Reese's peanut butter sticks. I don't know if you've had those, like a wafer cookie, and then it's uh, got that Reese's peanut butter, which I know is pure toxicity. And I might have had a whole package just a couple days ago, and I was like, "This is nourishing my soul." <laughs> the soul's got to play. The soul's got to yeah, play. Exactly. But you know, I love that you're 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 talking about this and what it can look like in action. So. I know that a lot of people struggle with how to get into a meditative practice. And I know mm -hmm. this is what you do. It's what you guide and have been for quite a long time. Um, so I love the access point of maybe before we've really developed that as a ritual, mm -hmm. as a way of being, it's like simply just pause and take a breath, you know, just mm -hmm. come back to the present moment and get yourself conscious. And the other thing that I was sharing with you before we hit record that one of my spiritual teachers taught me to do or assigned me to do during COVID year is to look for divinity personified because I was so scared and out of my mind and my listeners know like thought I was having a nervous breakdown at some point I picked up alcohol for the first time in years and started gaining a lot of weight because I just wanted to numb all the darkness that I was now present to see and be played out that I wasn't yet fully aware of was playing out on the internal right? I wasn't aware of what was my micro experience because I was numbing it and suppressing it. So I didn't have access to that. So yeah. what he was trying to do is like, he's like, I want you to see divinity personified everywhere you can and take a photo of that and send it to me. And I mm. shared with you before we record, like it took me about three weeks before I finally turned the camera on myself so that I could know that I was divinity personified as well. And that was by about early summer of 2020. And then by August 5th, I let go of the alcohol and everything else that would keep me from that. Mm -hmm. But that practice of stillness, it's like these little access points, baby steps are giant steps, right? When you've been asleep, as long as we have been asleep, because the community of fire and soul, like we're waking up. And so I love that you're just saying grace, grace, patience, you know, faith, study, little baby steps in this journey. Yeah. I just, <sighs> it is funny because <laughs> it is, it's where we turn the light, you know, the last is often mm -hmm. on ourselves and recognize that mm -hmm. divinity. And it, 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 for me, I, I did a lot of work for a long time on my personal uh, development, 
you know, really looking at why I was living in such anxiousness. How do I belong in the world? Do I belong in the world? Am mm. I lovable? Am I worthy? Am I enough? And just, I grew up in a Hollywood family. I grew up in a family where um, my modeling was, if others stop loving you, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> right? If others stop giving you accolades and shining the light on you, you no longer exist. You have no value whatsoever. So laugh, but that's a real thing. I mean, oh, yeah. I think one of the biggest things that consumes most humans brains is what will others think? And we think it's the vanity metrics of social media engagement. It's a perfect example of what you're shining the light on. And it's all a house of cards. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, I was doing a, that's a lot of suffering. Oh, and then other life traumas and things that happened to us along the way. It just it uh, it it collaborated to create an image of self, a story of self, a dream of self that mm -hmm. that was dreaming unworthiness. That was mm -hmm. dreaming, you know, not lovable unless I do this or unless I keep my act together and prove myself to be lovable. And mm -hmm. So I did a lot of personal development around that. And what shifted for me was when I started to find these teachers around self-realization and I realized, okay, yes, keep doing the personal development work. It's important. Do the shadow work, childhood wound healing, do all that work. Mm -hmm. But I am still working on my egoic construct. And who am I beyond that? And mm -hmm. that's when everything shifted. Man, when I started, to, I, I devoted myself. I, I a teacher asked me once, he said, what are you devoted to? And mm -hmm. I really had, it took me a while to come up with that. But it turned out I'm devoted to truth and not the truth out there. I'm devoted to my truth. First and foremost, who am I? What am I? What's the truth of me? And that's a, that's a long journey. You know, that's often said that's a five to 10 year journey of really, really having that stabilize and, and just be the predominant knowing of self. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I mentioned that because what I've been realizing recently then is that ultimately the wound I was working on, and I was working on betrayal and abandonment, neglect and all these different things, but ultimately the wound I've been working on was my disconnection from my divinity. Mm -hmm. That was it. When we're disconnected from our divine, we're going to feel not enough. We're going to feel an emptiness. We're going to feel a disconnect. We're going to feel some something's out of balance. Mm. We're going to go to try to solve it in the outside world. Mm. And for me, what I've come to is the, the most profound and direct healing is a reconnection to our divine truth. Oh, however, so however long it takes, however long it takes. And so it is. Nothing else ever really lasted. Nothing else ever stabilized. I'd go into these, oh, okay, I feel better because I just came out of a retreat and I just got more insights on, you know, that I am worthy and I am valuable, but it wasn't a divine connection. It was more of a mental thing. Yeah. This is really resonating because it's what I'm going through. And I, and I know you have more context because we've shared so deeply. Uh, and mm. openly in our audio notes. Um, but one of the top downloads of the past many months of Fire and Soul is something called, it was titled, A Return to Devotion. 
<laughs> didn't have any idea about that. No. And so let's expand on this because not huh. only am I feeling so juicy and alive about this, but I know yeah. this sanctuary known as Fire and Soul Community, this is what we're longing for. Like, it's not about anything external, the fear and or the stuff that hypes us up temporarily. It's a deep knowing within that we're not alone and that we're connected to something beyond this physical realm. And it's so beautiful to be in this conversation, even if it's just temporary, do it a little bit more frequently and then it becomes more of a way of being in the world. Yeah, let's, let's expand on this devotion to our divinity. Oh, I love this. This is, this is so delicious. Um, Isn't it? Yeah. What could be more important, you know? Well, until we and until we even know that they're that we're disconnected from it, we don't know what yeah. the problem is. So if you don't know so what the true. problem is, you do try to fix it in all the external ways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ah, so devotion. <laughs> no, I'm, I, and to really ultimately come down to saying I'm devoted to knowing. I'm devoted to knowing my truth, the, the, the oneness, the unified reality. Mm. And not just know it consciously, but to embody it, to, to, mm, to have the direct experience of that. And that takes a long while to keep open. It's like a flower. It's got to blossom. It doesn't just all pop open at once. It does for sometimes, but that's a kind of a rare experience or it pops open and then, you know, then kind of closes back down again for a while. Um, Ram Das speaks about um, uh, an ember, like a fire has gone out and you got to bring it back to life. And the way I look, feel into it is every conversation like this, every meditation, it is a meditation, not just to be quiet, but a meditation to self-realize. Who am I really? To do some self-inquiry. Every breath work, every mm -hmm. psychedelic uh, plant medicine journey, mm -hmm. every journaling of real presence and contemplation is like breathing on a spark. And mm -hmm. the spark of truth, the spark of me, the spark of who am I really, it, it, it comes on and then it, and then it fades out. Then it comes on and then it fades out. So to breathe on that spark until it becomes an ember. Keep breathing on the ember with our practices and our conversations and our nourishing ways of being in the world until the ember becomes a flame. Keep fanning the flame until the flame becomes a fire and keep feeding the fire until it is a bonfire. And once you're just raging, so to speak, <laughs> as, this, as this, once you're just glow, glowing in your truth, then as your mind and ego presents illusion, as the society presents illusion, it just gets burned up like that in this, in this light that is so brilliant and sustained that we're able to meet any darkness in the world and stay present in our, in our grace. Mm, beautifully said. Thank Man, it takes devotion, but it takes devotion, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Every look at every bed of our lives and say, is this serving mm. the truth of my being? 
that's the flip side that a lot of people don't really want to look at. But I think at a certain point, we hit a threshold and there's a demand. And I think that is actually what could be happening on the planet. And there is a demanding of an awakening, not as any sort of punishment or consequential, you know, action, but it's like, we're at a precipice, you mm. know, of so much conditioning of fear and anxiety and enslavement, really, so that we don't know the truth of this raging fire within us that is in our, our inherent nature. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so we almost can get afraid of that. It's like, whoa, that's so big. Marianne Williamson put out a great quote, and I know you know this, got at least 20 years ago in her book called A Return to Love, which is our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest mm. fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And I have the whole thing memorized, but a lot of people say that, that they're afraid of this big, big light. And I always wonder, is that true? Or are you afraid of what it takes to be accountable to that light? Because that's the devotion. So what's the question would be, what's afraid? And I would, yeah. I would posit that it's the ego that's afraid because it's basically yeah. saying, if you do this, how am I going to, Muji puts it well, he goes, how am I going to get my goodies? That's what the ego this is saying. If I go down this path, I no longer am going to get the, the things that I've been feeding on because you're going to stop giving them to me. Yes. The accolades, the success, you know, the perfect marriage on social media, the perfect filter on social media. I'm not judging any of this, by the way. Um, but it's like, I think sometimes in that awakening journey, and when we think we have, and when ego thinks we have to be devoted to this, this fire is the truth of who we are, that we're going to lose anything that we thought brought us joy. But the reality is, is that if it's truly meant for you in that joy frequency, it will stay and grow and expand. And if it's not, then it's going to be the easiest thing to let go of, i.e. alcohol and the 30 pounds that I dropped. None of that was a struggle. But I have friends that are like, oh, life won't be fun without those things. And it's like, I know ego wants to believe that. That's right. But it, there's the freedom on the other side of it that you can't even quantify in yeah. that egoic realm. Exactly. And, and if we're devoted to knowing our truth, to, to just to seeing what is that, what might that even feel like mm. if we let go of everything that the ego is grasping onto? Mm. There's one thing we cannot lose because the ego is saying, I don't want to lose. I'll back up a little bit. It's, it's, we're kind of looking within and saying, okay, what parts of me do I want to let go of? Or what parts do I want to keep? And, and they get meshed together and it gets confusing. And what parts, how about we just all of it? Well, no, I don't want to give up my good parts. You can't. That's if right. You everything, what would you be left with? Self. Mm. You can't not be yourself. You can't. So if we let go of it all, what we would find is our divinity, our divine self oh. that can, it doesn't come and go. You can't not be it. So let go of everything and just see what remains. Mm -hmm. And what we find remains yeah bigger than we've ever imagined. Okay, so now you're really getting to this because this is what you helped me with 
uh, behind the scenes in these audio notes that feel like little mini, you know, coaching sessions with you and a real friendship burgeoning. But one of the things that happened for me last week was this realization of I let go of everything in my quote awakening that will always be an awakening journey that I'm devoted to. And it was like, I have to let go of all this big sunshine joy that I would bring into every room because it's just a natural part of my fire, right? Or my ability to have these certain zones of genius that were just given to me. I didn't have to effort for it. It's like, it's just my natural gifts. And it was like, no, you need to sit in lotus position and pray and share all your sacred rituals with the world and be super serious and you're going to have fun anymore. And it was like, and so there was that a natural new evolution. Yes, it was a new trap. Oh my God, for sure. And you were like, there is something to be said, Michelle, for allowing the transformation to mature. Mm. I was like, ah, oh, you are so resonant with what is the saying when a student is ready, the teacher appears. Although I feel like we're both, you know, peers in this space and we always are, right? But like we are bouncing off one another because I had just come to this realization of like, yeah, sovereignty isn't really it. It feels loaded. It feels tricky. It feels like it's effort. It feels like it's a command versus a surrendering to after I had let go of everything. And it was like, okay, well, what's left? And it was like, oh my God, all this joy, all this expansive, beautiful, vibrant energy is left. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's really where I want to be. And you were like, yes, you know, allow this transformation to evolve and see, and this is the part that you can't skip to when you're just in the beginning of the awakening journey, you go through that process. But I just want to assure anyone who's in it right now and feeling scared to let go of what you're trying to hold on to for certainty, the universe has your back, right? Like you get to experience all of it if you allow for that transformation to evolve. So can we expand on that for a moment? Because that was so beautiful when you shared that with me in our messaging. Well, I think it just brings up the, the, the power of, of part of what you're creating and, and those in your community are creating. It's community. Because, mm -hmm. man, we're going to have that time of, all right, I'm letting go of, of the familiar that I'm recognizing doesn't fully serve me. But mm -hmm. what is next isn't fully matured yet. So it's like adolescence. Adolescence sucks for all of us to some degree, right? I mean, Right? I call it the hellscape yes. of junior high for me. Um, oh, totally. So to allow ourselves that, that time of uncertainty, it's an interesting space because what's going to hold us in that is this recognition of our divinity, even if it's a spark, mm. even if it's still just an ember that we have some faith and within community we're reminded because there's no way around it. It's not going to be a smooth transition. There's going to be that time of going, wow, I've let go of what's familiar. What's next isn't fully matured yet. Who am I? Where am I? Am I safe? What does, there's less, I don't know what to hold on to. A friend of mine, Brian Smith, he, he, he started Ugg Boots in Australia. And uh, he then subsequently sold it. He's now a speaker out in the world. And one of the, his uh, points, one of his uh, phrases within his talk is you cannot give birth to an adult. Mm, Everything so that takes birth is going to go through an infancy and an adolescence 
and a confusion and a, 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 a feeling of being um, uh, uncoordinated, you know, it's going to have to go through these stages. And so what did we all need while we were growing up, whether we got it or not, was to be held in love. So on this journey, I think it's incredibly important that we have communities where we are held in love. Mm, for sure. This reminds me of, of what really made me want to connect with you even more so was when you said what wants to be or what needs to be healed wants to be loved. Yeah. It's like that full circle. And that adolescence thing is so real. You know, um, it reminds me of a great quote that, that someone shared on this podcast recently. And she said, what you birth births you so mm-hmm. that encapsulates this thank you for getting that but yeah. in case i need to add a little more context mm-hmm. that encapsulates this balance and this merging of the self-awareness the personality self as well as the self-realization right it's like we're all birthing something brand new in this new earth frequency, in this new world that we are all co-creating. We don't know what it's going to look like on the macro or in the micro. Right. But if we can allow ourselves to just be in it and not try to rush a future outcome that doesn't exist and know that we're held and loved in this moment, it feels much more expansive, much more free. And we're able to have that patience if we feel safe. Yes. Um, yes. You know, bring, coming back to this analogy we're playing with of childhood, adolescence, and such. Mm-hmm. You know, most adolescents, those who have, who have, you know, the adults down the line are looking at them going, don't rush it. Don't rush it. Like there's, you know, like you're trying to, you're 13 and you're already planning your entire life. And the the adults know it ain't going to turn out that way. (laughs) You know, it's probably going to turn out something different. Can we have the patience to allow our awakening of our divine truth Mm -hmm. to recognize, yes, things are changing. And yes, there's humility in this. And I don't know yet what's really unfolding i just know that it's different than it was and it's feeling good and there's some and i want to keep being on this journey but it's kind of like the the 13 year old goes yeah i know it all i got all this and everyone's going no you really don't (laughs) right or the 13 year old if they were anything like me that wants to rush it and and almost bypass all that growth and discomfort in the growth the body's changing you know just there's so much pressure seventh eighth grade I mean I wouldn't relive those days for anything right but the beautiful thing about being a grown adult now that has more wisdom is that we can we can actually be aware that that's what we're going through right now as a collective we can give ourselves a lot more grace to to just be in it yeah. You know, we have that wisdom of like, okay, you did that maybe 30 years ago, but mm-hmm. now you're doing it again. And so are millions, if not billions of others, who knows what the number is for this great, great awakening. I love to think that it's billions, but, um, but, but that's besides the point. We're all experiencing this on the micro level. And so now we get to choose consciously from the self-actualized perspective, 
to give ourselves patience, grace, and to be spacious enough to have faith, unwavering faith. Mm. Tricky time right now. It is. That grace, that... Um, we have a, a, a stupa near here, a, a Buddhist stupa. It's a, it's a Buddhist, um, uh, place of, of, um, prayer of, uh, presence with the divine. In Kaduna. There's a name for it, right? Yeah. The Amitabha stupa. That's also called yeah. the Amitabha peace park. And it's about a 20 minute walk from here. Yeah. And, uh, there's a little, uh, Ram Das story that relates to what we're talking about. Ram Das on his second trip to see his guru in India. And he was very clear. He said, look, gurus and teachers are different. A teacher mm-hmm. points to the truth. The guru is the embodiment of truth. They're very rare. Mm-hmm. So when he went to go see his guru, who was a true guru, um, he, the guru pulled him aside and said, Ram Das, love everybody. And Ramdas immediately went, I can't. My mind is so full of judgments. And his teacher, his guru said, well, then that is your sadhana. That is your practice. And I mentioned the stupa because now when I go to the stupa, especially on a Saturday or Sunday and a lot of, you know, tourists in town and I go to the stupa, I realize I don't just go there from, for the bliss. I go there to meet my judgments. Because all stupid tourists walking the wrong way around the stupa, <laughs> making more noise than they should be making, and don't they get it? Mm. I bring that up because the, what I'm finally really, really fi- resting with, and when I'm walking around the stupa in my prayer, my main prayer is, may I have the grace to walk my path and let others walk theirs. Yeah, yeah. So may I choose the community, the way I live, choose to to love, choose to be in this world in the way that feels nourishing and honest and divine. And doesn't mean I can't set boundaries. Doesn't mean I can't try to make changes in the world. Mm-hmm. But to not do so from a place of judgment and and warring and battle. Yes. We don't need more of that in the world. We need love. And it doesn't mean we can't be fierce in our love and strong in our love and make huge changes. But I, but as soon as we start choosing a lot of sides and battling and vilifying, mm. we're moving in the wrong direction. Oh, so beautifully said. You know, speaking of Ram Dass, that I know he's a very important teacher for you, and he is for me as well. And uh, there was a documentary after he had a stroke called Fierce Grace. Mm. That, yeah. yeah and that's just like so beautiful because you're talking about fierce love and then embodying this grace from a self-actualized point of view even when we're judging right because that will bring us back to a place of no need to judge and what's happening right now i think even more so than ever even in the awakening community is that people are beginning to judge those on the awakening journey as not having the truth or not embodying the truth or that's, and it's getting more confusing deliberately. So, and so now we're being asked, it's almost like that movie inception or those Chinese dolls where it's like you open up one and there's another one. And then you open up that one. There's another one. I don't even know what the name of those dolls are. Right. We are being asked. Yes. We are being asked to take out Mm -hmm. the mirror in such a pristine way right now 
And to just be conscious moment by moment by moment of how do we want to live on the internal? And then that will create our reality. That is embracing our wholeness. And we get to choose. It is literally our choice every single day. And so when I'm in reaction and when I'm feeling all shitty about myself or someone else, it's like, you can do that for as long as you want to do it. (laughs) That's right. You can take a breath, which is always my excess point, or look at a tree. It's another one that's so easy for me. And come back to this present moment and just know that everything is in divine order and everything is whole and complete and perfect exactly as it is, including the tourist on the stoop. (laughs) And what I love about what you just spoke to, Michelle, was that you're not coming back to peace or coming back to love by playing mental gymnastics. What I mean by that is you're not negotiating love. You're not saying, well, that person said that thing about me. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. I got to remember that says more about them than it does about me. And we kind of come back to peace because we reason out why we should be at peace. What you're speaking to is just coming into that rested presence of the peace and love that is within you and letting that authentically express and be in the world. Otherwise, we're always negotiating, negotiating our way back to allowing or acceptance or kindness or compassion. And let's just go directly to the source, learn how to open within ourselves and rest in that grace. And it's an extreme view, but it's what I, it's what I, uh, it's, it's my devotion. And that devotion is, may, may I take every breath in this life as an opportunity to see if I can love deeper. May I take the opportunity to see if every breath that I take is an opportunity to love deeper. Yeah. May, may I take every breath as an opportunity to love deeper. Mm, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And do I? Hell no. But that's the path. <laughs> that's, you know, but that's if I know that is my devotion, then more and more I recognize when I'm not. Mm. Recognize when I'm not. Mm-hmm. And just come back to the love, which is a feeling, which is a cultivated, awakened feeling. It's not a concept, mm. it's not a mental thing. It's an actual cultivated presence, a knowing of the feeling of love within us. Yes. I love how you said that it's a cultivated feeling. See, we had a cultivated conditioning of something that was outside of that, that was always an illusion. And it's been thousands and thousands of years that the majority of humanity has been under that spell, right? So now so many of us are waking up to, wait, wait, (laughs) there's more. And we've seen this show up in generational cycles. The 70s was a big moment, which is when Ram Dass, you know, had his big awakening. But we are in a massive awakening right now. Yeah. And I don't know how much longer I get to live on this planet in the physical expression. Is it another few years? Is it another few decades? I don't really know. But what I know is however long I do have, I want to be wholly alive and fully live and cultivate this this, this feeling of being in a sustained awakening state. Yeah. And I still want to be fun and have opulent experiences and, you know, expansive, you know, moments. And, and it doesn't need to be like barren, right? Of 
some of the luxuriousness in life, which by the way, that's what I thought it had to be for all this time. And I was like, ah, oh, there's something to be said for the evolution of the transformation and letting it mature. It's like, no, you get to have all that. <laughs> you get to experience anything you truly resonate with. You can have it all, it's all good. Yeah, remember we were talking about in one of our talks about how there's, there's no one way to do anything and there's infinite ways to do everything. Yes, yes. Ways to be awakened. There's infinite ways to play in this world, and and just it's just we get clearer and clearer. Is our way of being, our action, our behavior, our encounters, are they being driven by a sense of lack, and yes. emptiness and disconnection, or are they just being fed by a natural, authentic aliveness? Yeah. A lot of my clients will ask early in the work. They'll say, "Wait a minute." How, you know, it's a natural question. How will I live in this space we're talking about, in this, in this new way of being? How, I don't know, how, what will that look like? And I always say, I, I don't know. I don't know what it'll look like, but I can guarantee you, you will be living more authentically than you've ever lived in your entire life. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think too, like I know a lot of clients that come to you and certainly a lot of clients that come to me, they have a lot of success. And, and it's a lot of material stuff um, mm. that has become part of their self-expression, part of their personality, part of their identity. And they're really worried that they're going to lose that or could lose that if they devote themselves to the awakening journey. And it's like, you can't lose anything that's not inherently yours. That's right. Period, bar none, game over. But what you will lose is anything that distracts you from embodying this cultivated sense of the truth of who you are. Exactly, exactly. Remove all the density and weight that's growing, that's like a concrete growing over a flower that wants to blossom, our authentic self. Yes. Remove everything, remove, remove all of that. And what will you find? Your flower's just gonna blossom. I know. You're gonna live in a, in a, in a, in a beautifully authentic way in this world that truly feels nourishing to your own soul. This has been my journey these past, you know, 10 and a half months. And, and, uh, and it has been an evolution. It has been an embracing of all of me, my wholeness, you mm -hmm. know, the self expression, the personality of what once was that then mm -hmm. I had to grieve because I thought that all of that had to be lost and put to bed. Then this self-actualization that was coming through that I was like, who this? You know what I mean? It was just truth, truth, truth. <laughs> and that version of me didn't want to rush anything. I wanted to savor, you know, night after night after night of not after night of no idea what was next. But then it was time to take action and mm -hmm. I could feel it, you know? And so then it's only just been recent, just these past few weeks where I'm like, oh, merge the parts of me that I loved and adored and cherished of the old self-expression with this new self-actualization, and it's so weird to even say it about yourself, and I'm by all means super humble to what I'm actually saying, but I'm devoted to this lane. That's what I'm devoted to is how do I get to experience all of it with not losing the best parts of who I've always been that were just given to me, right? And that's what you gave me permission to in one of your messages. You even like threw an F-bomb in one of the messages, like, oh, thank God he cusses, you know? And and it was just like, fucking be you or whatever it was, you know? It's like, there's no one way to dress. There's no one way to roll out a program. There's no one way to even be, like be you in this new awakening. And that is what is going to be part of your journey as you mature in the evolution.
Whew, it, it, hmm. There's an incredible book called uh, uh, Falling Upwards by Richard Rohr, R-H-O-R, Richard Rohr, Falling Upwards. And the reason I, I mention it is because he speaks about a, a first part of life and a second part of life. And he says in the first part of life, there's order, but it's an order that we were born into, that we were handed, culture, family, religion, uh, and even order we create, early career, but we create that from our own egoic sense of how to belong in the world, how to get loved, how to, you know, we, we may create a career that's not actually authentic to us. Mm. So there's order. And then some point in life, if you're paying attention, that order might start to fall into disorder. Dark night of the soul, who am I? What's next? What am I gonna do? This isn't good. Everything that's familiar is falling away. Careers may end, relationships may end. But mm -hmm. he points to when that order falls into disorder, the opportunity now is if we are choosing mm -hmm. to awaken into our authentic self, we have the opportunity to actually create a new life around who we actually are. We get to reorder our life around our truth. What an incredible opportunity to reorder our life around our authentic heart and our authentic soul. And that's the falling upwards. It's an, it's an expansion that's just so beautiful. I love that. I will share a link. I'll find it and share a link. I'm also going to share a link uh, to a three-minute audio clip that you shared with me that is Ramdas in real time speaking to mm. love everybody. And it was that moment that Ramdas went to India and saw his guru and is like, love everybody. I can't, I can't, you know, I'm so full of judgment, love everybody and tell the truth. So I'll share that clip because it was so beautiful. And I probably listened to it. No joke now 50 times since you shared it with me. So there's just so much goodness, Chess, as we begin to wrap. Is there anything that you wish I would have asked or that's really on your heart that you'd like to share? Hmm. It's just what's coming is just this, this, why we made this connection, why you and I made this connection was because love finds love. Hmm. It's like balance. It's like water finding its level. It's like, you know, if, if a forest burns, you know, it's going to come back into its, into its original state. Love is the original state. Mm. And it's always trying to come back into love. Like Chernobyl happened some 30 some years ago, but you go to that city now and nature is taking over again. Love is trying to come back into balance. Mm. And I mm. think we all can participate that in that by finding the love that we are, by discovering, recognizing the love that we all actually are, the unified presence of love. I don't see there's any other way to do this work, to make the changes we want to make, except for to come from a stance of love. And I appreciate, so appreciate your devotion, your natural devotion that lights you up and that lights me up and lights your community up and this the fire and soul podcast community that there's this clear sense of all right with this we don't know where the, all this is going but we do know that we want it to be founded in and immersed in love so i'm honored i appreciate the time i really appreciate the opportunity to 
to play in this space because, man, we all need each other and we're all walking each other home. Ram Dass must be with us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm very moved. Thank you for acknowledging this community of fire and soul, wanting to be founded in love. It was the very thing that pulled me to the mic when I was so fucking scared to share, you know, about my experience. Because it wasn't pretty in the beginning. I didn't know where I was going with it. I had no idea. But the no. more that I shared in the more that those who need it the most from all around the world have been magnetized to this medicine to I say that it's such a plant medicine reference right but it's very healing what happens in fire and soul and you have just been a massive contributor to that and I'm not surprised that we are to connect at this point in the journey and especially as the show is really pulsating and really growing right now and it's because there's a resonance to this love. This is this is it. It's the antidote to everything. It's love. Love for ourselves, remembering that we're not ever separate from divine love. Being in that love, filling up with that love, and sharing that love, and watch our lives transform before our very eyes. It's just the way that it is. There's nothing to be afraid of when you have that love. And love can set boundaries. You know, we're not saying in that when we're talking about allowing and being loving, we're not talking about letting, you know, the, the, you know, others walk on us and walk over the planet and, you know, create all this darkness. It's right. just, that we simply feel into what would love do? Yes. What would love, where's the imbalance? Let's shine the light of love into where there's imbalance and mm -hmm. do that. But do that with with strength, do that with power, do that with, with, with devotion, with dedication, with fervor. You know, we can set boundaries. It's just that we do so without going to war. Yeah, fair enough, you know, because I do believe, I mean, listen, they may put out some mandates and some new rules of how it is to, you know, be in the world, but there are enough of us that dissent in an honorable way that they just cannot control at all we still get to decide with those sacred boundaries. And that comes from a place of knowing our worth and knowing that we're not ever separate from all that is. And that is the greatest threat to this darkness is that we will know and embody our light. So this is honestly a, a totality of embracing our wholeness. And yeah. I can't thank you enough for coming on Fire and Soul. Chess, what is the, the best way to connect with you if anyone would like to explore deeper? It's very simple. It's just chessedwards.com. And uh, I've got a, a link on my site for if anyone wants to schedule a free 30 minute, what I call call to freedom. And we just talk about where are you? You know, what, 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 what moves might you make? What choices might you make? Where, where are the ways to keep, you know, expanding your journey? So that's really the best way to get a hold of me. And, uh, and, if, and there's two free gifts on the website. One is an emotional vocabulary builder to help yeah. us to, to become more aware of what's going on within us for our own journaling, as well as on our expression to others. And there's some guided meditations as well. And by getting those gifts, it puts you on my mailing list. And I've got all sorts of fun stuff coming up in the next few months that I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing. And, um, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. 
I love it. Thank you so much. So I'll make sure that I add chessedwards.com. Guys, if you're feeling called, book that free discovery call. I don't think I've ever, ever heard of a guest offering something that generous. And it just is a, just another, you know, example of, of who you are, Chess, and, and, uh, and your devotion to service and to helping liberate so many people from the old pain and suffering that we no longer have to be shackled by. I can't thank you enough. Thank you, my dear. Uh, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Fire and Soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.